The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and welcome to Primetime. It is day two of the second impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. The Democrat impeachment managers spent their time on the Senate floor today attempting to make the argument that President Trump's questioning of the 2020 election results was meant to incite an insurrection against the United States government. Congressman Eric Swalwell, who, by the way, is well known to have been infiltrated by a Chinese spy, went through Trump's tweets regarding the election. And here is his dramatic interpretation of a couple of them. The Justice Department and the FBI have done nothing about the 2020 presidential election voter fraud, the biggest scam, all caps, in our nation's history, despite overwhelming evidence. They should be ashamed. And then he adds, history will remember. Never give up. See everyone in D.C. on January 6th. That phrase, history, history will remember, was the only time, the first time, Donald Trump had used it in his presidency. On December 19, at 1.42 in the morning, our commander-in-chief tweeted, big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there will be wild will be wild because of course everybody knows that if you tweet something will be wild that of course means you're going to break into the u.s capitol and overthrow the government right uh, their entire argument being the one that's being made by the democrats right now in this impeachment trial is that president trump somehow knew that his tweets and his speeches leading up to the capitol breach would incite his followers to commit violence, and that all led to an insurrection on January 6th. But of course, no one brought guns, and usually when there's an insurrection, people bring guns. Anyway, there are two things here that don't add up. First, President Trump had no reason to believe that any of his words or tweets would lead to any sort of violence. Trump supporters have been extremely peaceful for the entire time that Trump has been on the political scene. So peaceful, in fact, that Stories had to be made up about Trump supporters attacking people. Most famously, you will remember, Jesse Smollett had to hire people to put on MAGA hats and attack him. Secondly, if there really were an insurrection planned by Trump and his supporters, don't you think, as I mentioned, that those million Trump supporters might have brought some guns? Because isn't it the left that always says that Trump supporters all have guns? That was not an insurrection. Trump supporters brought their MAGA hats and their Trump flags, not their guns. And trust me, those million Trump supporters in town that day likely own more guns than, uh, you know, probably millions between them all. But they didn't bring them. And that president did not incite anyone to violence. Let's watch the tape one more time. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and 
patriotically make your voices heard. Let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you all for being here. This is President didn't call for violence or cause an insurrection, and they all know it, period. And we have a good idea of how the final vote is going to go. Now, last night, the Senate voted 56 to 44 to move forward with the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump. This vote in particular was to affirm the constitutionality of trying a former president, although usually senators don't get to decide what is constitutional and what's not constitutional. Chief Justice John Roberts was so sure that this was unconstitutional that he didn't even show up to preside over the impeachment trial as the Constitution dictates. But five Republican senators were expected to vote to move forward. We knew Mittens Romney, Susan Collins, Ben Sass, Pat Toomey, and Lisa Murkowski would vote to move forward. But one unexpected GOP Senator Bill Cassidy from Louisiana voted with them. He was just reelected, so maybe he thinks that uh, anti-Trump vote will blow over in six years, or maybe he's looking for a contributorship to CNN. That happens a lot, too. So that vote gives us a very good idea of how the final impeachment vote will go down. And even though our elected officials in Washington, D.C. are solely focused on impeachment, Americans outside of the Beltway are worried about other things, like Mm, getting their jobs uh, that have been taken away from them, getting our economy going again, getting kids back in school. And many parents were excited when Joe Biden promised to get America's schools back opened up in his first 100 days, but that's not the first thing he did. The White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki knocked the wind out of everyone's sails when she said this. His goal that he set is to have the majority of schools, so more than 50 percent, open uh, by day 100 uh, of his presidency. And that means uh, some teaching in classrooms. So at least one day a week, hopefully it's more. And obviously it is as much as is safe in each school and local district. Oh, wow. Just wow. You just you, you keep. The, the, the eye rolling is just, we've got to be careful so our eyes don't just bounce right out of our head. One day a week, quite a goal there, Jen. And a no mask, I noticed, even though you're on federal property and that's the mandate from your own administration. But we move on. All right, and now it's time to check in with our hosts and correspondents on the ground and around the country. Let's start in Washington, D.C. with Carrie Sheffield, host of Just the News AM. Carrie, go ahead. Hey there, Dr. Gene. I want to let you know the latest at Just the News on the impeachment question. Now, Republicans want to go on offense and say there are a lot of statements that Democrats could be embarrassed of. They made statements challenging the Republican electoral victories. They made statements condoning violence in some cases. I'll go through just a few. For example, on the issue of elections, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi herself in 2017, after President Trump's victory, she tweeted this out. She said our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to hashtag protect our democracy and hashtag follow the facts. So you have the Speaker of the House making that claim. Moving on, we also saw Maxine Waters, Congresswoman. She said, if you see anybody from that Trump cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gas station, you get out and create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them, they're not welcome here anymore. Also, we also saw 
Senator Cory Booker, a Democrat from New Jersey, telling activists to, quote, get up in the face of some Congress people, basically encouraging physical intimidation or getting close in the personal space of members of Congress. We also saw Ilhan Omar, Congresswoman and Democrat, she shared a tweet mocking the attack on Senator Rand Paul by her neighbor. This tweet was mocking Senator Paul. Senator Paul had six ribs that were broken and he had to get part of his lung removed and Ilhan Omar was mocking it. We also saw another report, Eric Holder, the attorney general for Obama. He said, when they go low, we kick them. He said, this is the new Democratic Party and he's proud as hell to be a Democrat to kick the opponent when they go low. So we saw this over and over. Expect to see this as a theme throughout the Trump impeachment and the Republicans trying to go back on offense. For now, back to you, Dr. Gina. Hmm. But it will be wild was inciting an insurrection. Unbelievable. Thank you so much, Carrie. Next, we head out to Denver, Colorado, to the Real America's Voice headquarters, RAV-TV, right there in Colorado. Jessica Rivera standing by. Jessica, what do you have for us today? Well, Dr. Gina, as Americans, we are all consumed usually with what's going on in our own country and our own news. But how does the rest of the world view the current impeachment trial of former President Donald Trump? Well, well-known Australian reporter Joe Hildebrand says Democrats are simply wasting their time with a political process. Take a listen. Um, and, and again, it is, it is a distraction for the left. If you really want to talk about healing, they need to be out there talking about talking to, I should say, middle America, not just getting Bruce Springsteen to do ads for Jeeps yeah. about middle America, yeah. where if you buy a Grand Cherokee, apparently the nation will heal again. Yeah. But actually get out there, talk to the people who, um, who voted for Donald Trump, find out why they voted for Obama last time, and then switched over to the orange guy mm. and get them back. That's what they should be putting all their energies on, not fighting a ghost. And Dr. Gina, it's true. If Democrats really felt President Trump was such a danger to America, they would take it up in an actual legal process in the courts. But instead, they've chosen a public shaming tactic in the hopes that they will get enough votes to ban him from being part of their elite group ever again. And all because he exposed how corrupt they are with the American people's money and what they continue to do. At this point, it doesn't look as if the Democrats will be successful in their petty antics. But Dr. Gina, what we do know is during a pandemic, Congress has chosen to spend millions on an impeachment of a former president, but yet has fought over whether struggling Americans deserve a $1,400 check or a $600 check, which, by the way, we both know neither is substantial. And these very actions should speak volumes to all Americans, Republicans and Democrats alike, that those in Congress who support this impeachment don't really care about Americans, plain and simple. Dr. Gina. While billions go overseas to our foreign enemies, it's really unbelievable. Thank you so much, Jessica. And now we head back to Washington, D.C., to the founder of Just the News, John Solomon, to see what is breaking over there. John, let's start with your good news about the Olympic Games actually looking to be on schedule. John, I can't believe a, a, a national, a, an international event like that is actually going to take place. Tell us. Well, it seems like the world's been normalizing a lot on, on the, in the coronavirus since Donald Trump left. And a lot of us and were predicting that might happen, that maybe yep. all of a sudden, as soon as Donald Trump left, we'd find a way to go back to school, have the Olympics, uh, you know, open up restaurants. In New York today, they allow 10% of venues, sport venues to be filled. Uh, it's a little suspicious that it's happening now. But the real reason it's happening is because the vaccination protocol that Donald Trump put into place 
made this event possible. We're getting to herd immunity now because we're getting millions of shots a week out to Americans. And uh, when the story is told in 20 years, when people look back, the race to create a vaccine will be the reason we really defeated the pandemic. All right, you also have, and you're absolutely right on that, and there's just no denying it, and it's disgusting the way that the administration now is trying to cover that up. You also have JTN's story about day two of the impeachment trial. Uh, in your opinion, what are the high points there? Listen, I think the most memorable moment, the one that could boomerang the most around the House impeachment managers is Eric Swalwell's performance today. And I know a lot of people are worried about the idea that he had this potential compromise with a Chinese agent and we, there's a lot we still don't know about that. But to believe uh, Eric Swalwell's presentation, you have to trust his interpretation of Donald Trump's tweet. Well, let's go back to 2017 and 18. Everything Eric Swalwell told us about Russia collusion, wrong. He wasn't right about a single thing involving Russia collusion. He was right there alongside Adam Schiff, selling us a bogus story that we now have blown up factually because the FBI documents everything show it. I think President Trump's lawyers have an opportunity when they get their chance to make their case to say, Eric Swalwell asked you to trust him one time before. Here's what he said. Here's where the truth is. Why would you trust him now interpreting Donald Trump's tweets? I think it could be a strategic mistake for uh, the defense uh, or for the uh, House impeachment manager team. Uh, yeah, a lot of drama, not a lot of credibility there with Swalwell, I'll yeah, tell you that. Uh, right. You know, but the unfortunate thing, John, is that without folks like you there to remind us, unfortunately, a lot of people have short memories about things like Eric yeah. Swalwell. So uh, we appreciate you keeping us surprised. And John, there's also a shocking story at just the news about Andy Biggs and something he said on your podcast. Tell us about this. You know, uh one of the people who've escaped accountability or even just direct questioning about what happened in the Capitol riots is the mayor of the Capitol. Who's the mayor of the Capitol? The House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi. She runs the Capitol operation. And she has not been uh, forced by her colleagues or by the news media to answer what did she know and when did she know it. We now know her top lieutenant on security made the decision not to bring the National Guard troops in. By the way, the ones Donald Trump offered and his administration offered. But we don't know what she said. It seems highly improbable that the sergeant at arms would make such a big statement. We don't like the optics. We're not going to bring in the troops. If Nancy Pelosi wasn't in the loop, Andy Biggs called her out saying, you know what? We need to know what you know. It's time for you to answer. Stop hiding behind uh, the desk. Tell us what you know, Speaker, when you knew it. And I think that this is going to be an issue you're going to hear more of as the trial goes on. They're going to put the Democratic leadership in a defensive position for the first time. All right, and while I have you, I just want to remind everybody who is watching us right now that they need to check out our podcast at justthenews.com. They can go to the little hamburger up in the corner of the justthenews.com site and click on podcasts and scroll down. They'll find John Sullivan's picture there and a lot of us there, myself included, and you can click on any of us and listen to our great array of podcasts there at justthenews.com. And so I wanted to remind everybody of that. John, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. Thanks, All right. And coming up, Republicans had a defection yesterday in the vote to proceed with the impeachment trial. But will they have more Republicans defect and vote to convict? We're going to talk to Rudy Giuliani about that and more coming up on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stick around. OK, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, last night, Republican Senator Bill Cassidy surprised everyone when he voted with the Democrats and a handful of rhino Republican senators moved forward with the impeachment trial of President Trump. The vote was on the constitutionality of holding an impeachment trial of a former president. And Bill Cassidy said he thought Democrats did a good job of stating their case. Could more GOP defections follow? Here with me now, the host of Rudy Giuliani's Common Sense, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Mr. Mayor, good to see you. Good to see you, Gina. Now, Mayor, Louisiana GOP Senator Bill Cassidy said Trump's lawyers did a terrible job, but that doesn't change the constitutionality of this. I personally don't think it's complicated, Mayor. You don't have to hear someone else explain it to you. Just read the Constitution. And based on the Constitution, it's clear that impeachment after a person is out of office is not in line with the Constitution. Yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, you don't even need uh, legal training. You just need to read words. You can't have a removal proceeding for a person who has already been removed. The impeachment is a removal from office proceeding. It's totally, would be totally ridiculous for our founding fathers to have meant that for someone who's already out of office. And our founding fathers- And yet you have, and yet you have, you know, members of this body going along with this, many of whom in fairness are not attorneys, but they're the ones who will make this decision uh, based on our constitution, but perhaps not understanding the law because many of them aren't attorneys. Yeah, I do. But I, I think the Democrats are making it based purely on politics. I mean, they're all going to vote. They, 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 I don't think they care one whit about the constitutionality of it. They're going to have this proceeding no matter what. I mean, it's been five years of their breaking the law, trashing the constitution, doing anything they can to drive him out of office. And now, they're worried that he'll run again, and uh, and they want to do everything they can to, to make that impossible. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned the strategy of the Democrats seems rather clear. Uh, they are playing really hard on emotions, which for the Democrats is, uh, you know, they've won a lot of times using that strategy. They can't play video or show tweets of the president inciting violence, though, so they do these dramatic readings of his tweets. Let's listen to Eric Swalwell reading some of Trump's tweets just today. The Justice Department and the FBI have done nothing about the 2020 presidential election voter fraud, the biggest scam, all caps, in our nation's history, despite overwhelming evidence. They should be ashamed. And then he adds, history will remember. Never give up. See everyone in D.C. on January 6th. That phrase, history, history will remember, was the only time, the first time, Donald Trump had used it in his presidency. On December 19, at 1.42 in the morning, our commander-in-chief tweeted, big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there will be wild. 
will be wild. So, Mayor, obviously the Democrats' attempt is to play on emotions. And, and as I mentioned, this has worked many times in the past. But do you believe that the American people are in a place right now where this sort of dramatic interpretation, these dramatic videos, matters to the American people more than the constitutionality and the rational side of them that says, we have COVID uh, to deal with. We are losing jobs. Joe Biden eliminated thousands and thousands of jobs on his very first day with executive orders. And he has stacks of executive orders reducing everything that made our America great under the Trump administration. Do you think that the, that the emotion matters more than the policy to the American people today? Is this an effective strategy on the part of the Democrats, yes or no? I don't think so, uh, Gina. That, that, that language was not inflammatory at all. Even his attempt at dramatic reading. I mean, uh, I, I was more interested in whether Swalwell still communicates with the communist spy that he was going out with. Yeah, and we know that we know that he himself is very compromised, and um, there's no yeah, mention I mean, of that, I, of course. And so many of I, these people, they're compromised, and and there's no mention of that whatsoever. But you know, do the do do the American people, Mayor, have memories long enough? to remember how some of these people are compromised and, in fact, have made inflammatory remarks themselves that, you know, could be construed in some ways as more dangerous than anything Donald Trump ever said. Yeah, I think the American people, you know, it, it amazes me that they do get the other side of it because there's such a there's such a, uh, a censorship that's going on. It, it really amazes me that large percentages of the American people don't trust the Congress, don't trust the Democrats. So they must be getting the information from social media, from other sources, shows like this, talk radio. So I think the other side of the story is getting out, even though they're doing everything they can to cover, cover it up. You have to work hard to find information, real information these days. Mayor, the Democrats really have to prove almost some sort of motive here, don't they? How can they prove that they know what the president was thinking when he tweeted uh, and when he gave the speech on January 6th, rather than proving what he said, you know, there, there, are, there are rules in law. And again, not everyone there are lawyers, but really what they're trying to say is they, they can't prove, you know, impeachable offenses, any sort of insurrection based on what he said, because he was very clear, peaceful. He said the word peaceful over and over again. Um, they're trying to say that he actually meant something that he didn't say. And if you really read the law, uh, you can't convict someone based on assuming what no. someone meant, can you? No, then you'd be guilty no matter what you said. If, if you said, you know, go riot, you'd be guilty. And if you said, please don't go riot, you'd be guilty. So, I mean, that's a totally illogical and ridiculous. But the Democrats have reduced themselves to being illogical and ridiculous. To me, they look like a bunch of, I mean, Swalwell looks like a clown to me. Uh, when I when I think of how heavily compromised he is with probably our biggest competitor in the world, China, that wants to supplant us by 2049. And he's making these allegations against the first president to really take on China. And, and he certainly did take on China. And we certainly do seem compromised with someone like Joe Biden in office. But uh, and thank you for pointing that out as well.
Rudy Giuliani, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We appreciate you do a great job, Gina. Your legal expertise. <laughs> thank you so much. You do a really great and job. I wanna, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This podcast is Rudy Giuliani's Common Sense. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. And coming up, my next guest also has a theory on the real reason behind the Democrats' impeachment of Trump. We're going to tell you what is up on that. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up right after this. Stick around. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, the Democrats are pulling out all the stops. They've produced multimedia presentations showing the Capitol riots. They play over and over again. They look like 9-11 videos. And they've obviously been produced with this black and white reverse to get a very emotional response out of a vulnerable audience. But is this changing any minds? And does this have anything to do with the guilt or innocence of President Donald J. Trump? Here with me now to discuss, director of the Amistad Project, Phil Klein. Phil, great to see you. Thank you so much for being with us. Phil, I have to ask you, what do you think the real reason is for the second Trump impeachment? Because, I mean, I just don't think that they're going to actually convict. It doesn't seem like that's the consensus of really anyone, even including most Democrats. So there's an ulterior motive. You know, we know that. What is it? It's try to prevent him from being a political threat in the future. And, and the left is, this is the fruit of the left's belief that government should regulate thought and criminalize speech. And that is a mm. very dangerous concept. And so yes. they're trying to criminalize dissent. I, thank you, because I think that may be, I mean, eliminating Donald Trump from the political pool is a horrifying thought that they would do that to anyone. Um, but especially him, because he's the only one who's willing to take on all of the uh, most dangerous groups in the world that no one else is willing to take on uh, in defense of the American people, but and in we the people in general. Uh, but you're right. The chilling effect this would have on so many levels um, for any sort of dissent, for any sort of freedom of thought, because they're trying to extract, and I think this is what's really interesting, and I'm not sure most people read between the lines, but you have, obviously, um, trying to extract, you know, the president was clear in saying peaceful, peaceable, we're going to do all this in peace. He was very clear about that. Um, so they're trying to infer that he didn't actually mean peaceful, that he was somehow you know, behind the scenes, meaning actually don't be peaceful when he said peaceful. And that to me is one of the scariest things happening right now is if they could impeach someone for something they actually said the opposite of, then they can say that you or I meant anything despite what we actually said. And that is saying we can't think things. And how do you prove what someone That's thought, right? right? It is an Very assault scary. on freedom of thought. They are making thinking a crime. And we saw that this summer. All you have to do is look at their response, those who are most vociferous 
in attacking the president, how they handled the riots this summer. During the summer, violence, looting, fires, all of that was called speech and even encouraged. And now the president speaking is called violence. So the real motive here is to criminalize dissent. Anybody who disagrees with the power structure. And in fact, that is what they're doing and trying to do in law. In House Resolution 1, the Democrats are proposing that any type of misleading information regarding an election be considered a crime. Now, what is misleading? I've run for a office before. I was attorney general. I was district attorney. I was a state legislator. I had people lie about me, but I didn't want to put them in jail. It made me want to present the truth and overcome the lie. America has to believe in individual liberty to the point that we have vigorous debate about important issues and protect that debate. The left doesn't want to do that. They don't want debate. They want to control. And that's what they're doing. No, that's exactly right. Because they took care of the free speech thing uh, by just colluding with big tech and shutting us down. Now they're on to taking care of what we think. And that is really scary. You've been watching the election irregularities, I'll get this word out, irregularities that happened in 2020, the very odd things that happened with changing election law by executive order and all of the spending uh, coming from Facebook to get out the vote in certain places. Um, Where are you on all that? Because we don't want to drop what has happened. We don't want to get involved in conspiracy theories. Um, But we also want to make sure that going forward, voters feel like their vote actually matters and that big tech and their involvement, uh, social media and their involvement um, and and our ballots, especially paper ballots, which I think personally would be the best thing in the world. If we could do signatures and paper ballots, boom, problem solved. Um, Where are we with all that? And what's your opinion on all that? Well, first of all, let me say what what you stated is not theory. It is fact. And even the left in their habri could not pass up the opportunity to brag about it. And time ran a big article about them coming together to undermine election laws and the amount of money and so forth that flowed in. Our litigation is still proceeding. We believe it's wrong that they set up a shadow government to mandate how the swing state urban core would conduct a lawless election, setting aside state law and going their own way. So we continue to litigate that. It's just it couldn't be done in the time frame right after the election once we learned all of what they're doing. Also, you are absolutely right, doctor. We need to go back. We've made elections complex. They are not. Voting is rather simple. It is Mm. marking something on a piece of paper and then counting it is rather simple. We've made it complex by creating machines that only experts can see into. And and Mm. then not allowing many of the experts on a bipartisan basis to actually have access to what's important about the operation of the machines, the logs, the computer logs. We are not even allowed to see them. So we can't see how the vote is being tallied. We've also wrongfully gone to this, let anybody bring in a ballot for anybody else and you don't have to verify it, approach to elections during COVID. That's how they justified it. And so the chain of custody of the ballot was breached on literally millions of ballots. 
11% of all ballots were done by drop boxes where there was no chain of custody that were paid for by Zuckerberg. And then the other thing we did, or that certain persons did by design, is they kicked America out of the counting room. Elections, if you go to the United States Agency for International Development, we monitor foreign elections. And the number one objective is transparency. The number two objective we insist on is inclusion so that everybody is inside. This election, we have boarded up windows. And I would just yeah. say this, people don't intentionally violate an election law without a reason. And we have the right to continue to investigate to find out the reason, because laws were violated. And so I think you make a great point. And, and I think it really is simple. And this is why, you know, rather than complaining and worrying about what is in the past and can't be changed, Everyone should run for their local election board and be part of the process for the next time around so that they can make sure that there are signatures, that there's a chain of custody, that there are paper ballots, that we don't have uh, these 11% done of ballots done by drop boxes, as you mentioned. Problem eliminated. It's really true. And uh, people can control this by just running locally and, uh, and being elected to control these things. Um, I want to bring this back to the impeachment trial for just a moment. The impeachment managers say that Trump um, is, um, you know, bringing these irregularities up, that he is the one who incited an insurrection. So, you know, again, trying to say that we can't talk about that there were irregularities. But if we don't talk about them, Phil, we can't fix them. And we know there were irregularities. And it's okay to say that because there were. You've done the research. John Solomon here at Just the News has done the research. Um, it's okay to talk about it because that's the only way to fix it. And that's the right thing to do for every American. Look, we live in a country that is the, has been at least, the leading nation in the world to enforcing individual liberty and freedom. And such a country is going to debate and differ on important and passionate issues. And what the left is saying is we can't talk about those issues because Americans are too volatile that some might overreact because you have a difference of opinion. What all that is, is government lying to you and saying that we will keep you safe and prevent all potential harm, even the potential harm of being offended by people who disagree and just trust us. And if you differ with our authority, you are a risk and can pro promote violence. I'll tell you what, the, the great escape valve to violent conduct is free speech. You squelch mm -hmm. speech, you invite violence. History proves that out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Phil Klein, we always appreciate you being with us. He is the director of the Amistad Project, and you got to check it out. They do such important work for our republic. Thank you, Phil Klein. Coming up, the NBA has reversed their decision, and we're going to tell you all about how you might just be able to sing your national anthem at your next sporting event. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Let's head back to Washington, D.C. We have Ben Burkwam nearby the Capitol, outside of the U.S. Capitol border fence, adorned with razor wire and bolstered by National Guard troops. Ben, how's it looking out on the mean streets of D.C.? Hey, Dr. Gina. Well, I actually brought you to another location. This is where I say the insurrection really started. Uh, I'm at the White House. Behind me, you can see the church that BLM tried to uh, burn down. I'm on what they call now BLM Plaza in Washington, D.C., where four years ago, Democrats, even before President Trump took office, were saying that they were going to remove him from office. They had four years of failed coup attempts, starting with Russia and then moving on to uh, Ukraine and everything else that we saw. The violence, the, the calls for violence, and everything uh, that, was, that was telegraphed and orchestrated by the Democrats against President Trump and his supporters for four years. So to watch the hearings, and although they're compelling, watching the testimony today with Swalwell, who, by the way, had a Chinese spy in his office. I, the hypocrisy, it's, it's like the boy who cried wolf times a thousand. And I, you know, the sad part is there's a lot of Americans that are watching this that don't get it, but to those that do, it is a slap in the face. Ben, I tell you, every, every time I see you, I just think how sad it is that our nation's capital, you know, my family and I used to love going at night. We would uh, take uh, scooters or bicycles or whatever out around to the different monuments at night, even in the cold. It was like romantic and fun. And those days yes. are over. You know, you really can't do those kinds of things anymore. When they said they were putting a fence up, I thought they meant like the fence that was out in front of the White House before that just kept people at a distance. You couldn't run up on the lawn, but it wasn't a razor wire prison fence where you couldn't even see what was going on so far away. Uh, times have really changed, Ben. Do you think there will be any reversal of this? Is there any talk of this being temporary? Because it looked like the fence around the bottom of the Capitol fence uh, looked pretty permanent to me. You know, the concern I have is that that is going to become a new compound. You look at uh, Soviet countries and look at other socialist countries around the world and fascist countries around the world, they have compounds that insulate their government from the people. We were a nation founded as the people, as the sovereigns, uh, but it feels an awful lot like this was orchestrated, designed, and set up to do just what you're talking about, make that permanent. You can already see where those fences would go, where those barricades would go, and it already looks like that. It looks like a military compound. Uh, my concern is that they're going to use the incident on January 6th, ignoring, the, again, the previous four years of insurrection by the Democrats, by Antifa, by BLM, uh, by them directly against President Trump and the American people, and they're going to justify a, a takeover of our liberty and our freedom and an undermining of our Constitution. We've already seen the trial run with COVID, and I think we're only, unfortunately, going to see more of that in days and weeks yeah. to come. Well, I've seen the Kremlin wall. I never thought I'd see it here. Thank you so much, Ben Burkwam. Thank you, All right, Dr. we're going to check back in with you uh, tomorrow, of course. And now it is time for Doctor's Orders. I'm sure you heard that Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, is in the headlines today. He attempted to end the tradition of playing the national anthem ahead of the Mavericks NBA basketball games. But 
reports out now the NBA has reversed that decision, and it's because of patriotic Americans like you out there who said, heck no, you're not taking away my national anthem. I wrote an op-ed in the Washington Times called, In an Era of Liberal Groupthink, Everybody Has a Patriotic Duty to Dissent. And that's exactly what you did. And I just want to say I'm so proud of you, and I hold you responsible for this dissent. This reversal of Cubans is really great news, and I think you did it. But now that Cuban has opened up Pandora's box, expect this decision is only temporary. Now that this door is cracked open, pressure will be placed from the kneelers and the anti-American left to do away with our anthem. At some point in the future, the Mavericks will no longer play the national anthem before game because assure, I am assuring you, the left will keep their pressure on. And you can expect these same sorts of things to crop up from other teams as well. And it might take a while. But if this continues, and if we don't keep the pressure on, eventually it'll be the NFL and the rest of the sporting teams, high school sports teams, and so on and so forth, will say they can no longer play the national anthem ahead of games, etc. And on we go. We'll look back and see that Mark Cuban began the trend of silencing and canceling our national anthem. I hate to make this prediction, and I hope I'm wrong, and Mark Cuban doesn't deserve all the blame. The kneelers began the attack of our anthem, but Cuban does deserve the blame for cowering in the face of political pressure, but he also cowered in the face of your dissent, and I'm proud of you for that. So when your local high school announces that they will no longer play the you know, national anthem ahead of sports game because it's too controversial, remember that it is your dissent that turned it around, and remember to continue to express your dissent when they make ridiculous anti-American statements like that. And although it feels like fewer people than ever before love our country and our anthem, it's really just the opposite. It's just that the people who don't love our country have been louder than we have, but not this time. Patriotic Americans are the large majority, but they are also hardworking and awfully busy. And it's hard to be full-time activists like the anti-American left who live in their father's mother's basements and don't work for a living and take money from the government. So if you love America, make it obvious. A flag on your house, a flag on your car, a flag on your lapel. It'll go a long way reminding your fellow patriotic American citizens that they are not alone because courage is contagious. Keep it going. And that's my doctor's orders for tonight. Here to respond to all of that and to Mark Cuban's anti-American move to cancel our anthem is Ryan Gradesky. Our Ryan Gradesky and Aaron Elmore. Thanks to both of you for being here. Ryan, what do you think of my prediction that this kind of thing is really a fight about who is the loudest? Yeah, I agree that I think that this is going to continue. Um, I mean, and then the NBA said, no, we're going to continue this. And, you know, Mark Cuban said something on Megyn Kelly's podcast that he said he's kind of always leaning towards uh, Gen Zers and the young people and what the young people want. And if young people, young people want this, then I think that it will inevitably happen. I think it's a matter of teaching your kids, um, you know, to appreciate these things and why we do them. And learn to yourself why we do them. And Aaron, I think so much of what we hear today, what young people tend to sponge up, is, is, is this um, emotional, emotional, emotionality of everything. You know, they emotionalize everything. And if somebody is offended by it, then we're supposed to quickly correct that. If one person is offended by it, we're supposed to quickly correct that. Um, Aaron, how do we teach people that 
you know, sometimes you have to be rational and that one person, person taking offense to something might not be as important as a, a country believing in itself and, and staying safe because a whole country banded together and believed in itself. Rationality has gone completely out the window and cancel culture rules the roost. Everyone on the right is scared and rightfully so because the left has demonized us. They have deplatformed us, they have censored us, and they call us the word racist, racist, racist. So people are losing their jobs, losing their livelihoods. So some people on the right sort of have taken that back seat and they said, I can't afford to be the loud voice. I can't afford to speak up on this because I have children, I have a family, I have a mortgage. And it's really, really sad. And Mark Cuban should also be sad for himself. Let's face it, he is no great genius. He got rich initially. And by the way, he's from Pittsburgh and I'm from Pittsburgh and I'm embarrassed that we're from the same town. But having said that, he got rich off the 2000 tech boom by luck. He didn't do anything so brilliant. Yeah, he got he bought a great basketball team. Slow clap. He is an <laughs> egomaniacal lunatic that tried to sh- compete with Donald Trump on a show kind of like The Apprentice in like the 2006, 7, 8, 9 years. It failed miserably. His ego cannot handle that President Trump was the president, and he wasn't. So this is all reactionary to the president saying, oh, if he likes the national anthem, I'm just not going to like it. I'm going to be woke. He doesn't know anything about what Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen anything knows, needs, or wants. Well, speaking of Gen, I can't believe I just said that. Well, speaking of Gen, um, while the Senate was obsessing over Donald Trump letting him live rent-free in their head, let's check out what Jen Psaki said today that took the wind out of the sails of parents around the country. His goal that he set is to have the majority of schools, so more than 50%, open uh, by day 100 uh, of his presidency. And that means uh, some teaching in classrooms. So at least one day a week, hopefully it's more. And obviously it is as much as is safe in each school and local district. Ryan, can you believe this? One day a week? reason kids can't go back. I understand everyone's concerned, but there's been no scientific proof that children are, you know, overwhelmingly carriers and that kids and parents get sick, and I don't, I don't understand why they can't go back to school. Kids are like forgetting how to read. I mean, children are really losing their minds in, in these long periods without going back to class. And you know, parents are juggling between work and 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 and, and dealing with their children, and and it's it's not good. And we're we're having a lost generation right now because because of these COVID regulations that make no sense at all. Countries, other countries are not doing the same thing we're doing right now. And Erin, I can't help but notice that Jen Psaki is not binding her own rules. We have a federal mandate from that administration that says people on federal properties must wear masks. Jen Psaki doesn't ever bother and doesn't really make an excuse for herself either. What, why is she not questioned on this by the media in every single press briefing? You don't get questioned by the media for anything. Both her <laughs> and Joe Biden have not worn their masks. We've seen Anthony Fauci himself at a baseball game take his mask off. And not to eat, just to take his mask off. It's do as I say, not as I do, right? Absolutely, they do that. It's a little bit of that French laundry uh, element for you. But going back to schools, if I can, for a minute, I'm a mother. Yeah. And private schools have been open since September, okay? So this is just simply creating a chasm between the haves and the have-nots. The haves have been back in school. Right? The haves have been back in school since September. These inner city children that get two of their three meals a day at school are potentially starving. These children have parents that are trying to make ends meet. How are they going to work? It's so sad that what this government is doing to our children, they are playing pawns 
with our children, and it's shameful and sick. Yeah. All right, uh, Ryan, we're going to skip on over to another topic that I know you're going to enjoy. An op-ed is floating around out there called President Biden is appointing a fashion czar. I just, I want to throw this to you because I know you're going to have fun with it. You're the best comedian I know in commentary television. So go ahead. No, I just, I, listen, I mean, this is the presidency that gave us Michelle Obama, who was wearing a fanny pack. I mean, the, <laughs> what are they going to do? I mean, I mean, like, listen, Jill Biden is a beautiful woman. They have, and she is for her age, a very beautiful woman. They have a, I just don't, why? Like, why are they doing this? Why do we need a fashion czar? We have so many problems in the country. What is the regulation? What is the rules? No no yellow on Wednesdays? I don't understand. This is like the uh, the Mean Girls click from the movie. I, it just doesn't make any sense, and it's so minute compared to the bigger problems of our country. Uh, they love to talk about that we're in a pandemic, and, and that's so important. We're in this crisis or that crisis, and he's going to appoint a fashion czar. Amazing. Aaron Elmore, Ryan Gordusky, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And thanks to, and thanks to all of you. And thanks to everyone here at your new home for real news, RAV-TV, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B. Up next, hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now, live the truth. Good night, everybody.